to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area, and today with me as always is... I'm Hwai Chen Bui, a writer for Slash Film and a pop culture journalist in the D.C. area. And I am Anya Crittenton, a writer at Gay Star News. All right, everyone. Summer is officially over, although it doesn't quite feel like it in Los Angeles, unfortunately. Pack up your boogie boards and get out your pumpkins. (laughs) Exactly. Fall is here. Pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkins, sweaters, babies. I'm not going to lie. I've had 10 pumpkin spice lattes since September 1st. That's amazing. That's impressive. That is, that's like commitment. That's because I'm basic as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but what it also means is that we are now getting into the full swing of the fall movie season. And fall movie season is probably one of my favorite movie seasons, or the favorite, because we have our mix of crowd pleasers and blockbusters, especially coming out around the holidays. But then you also were getting our Oscar contenders during the fall. We have movies... All the reviews coming out of TIFF, a lot of which won't be seen until early next year, but we also have some that will be getting early releases so they can be qualified for the Oscars. So fall's a really great time to have a whole mix of movies. And in that vein, we are each going to be listing our top five movies that we are looking forward to this fall and holiday season. So, Willoughby, why don't you start us off? I will do that. The top five movies that I am most anticipated for are uh, number one, Blade Runner 2049 by Denis Villeneuve, who last did Arrival. Um, so I have a question. Are people saying 2049 or 2049? I've been saying 2049. Everyone is saying 2049, but I like to buck the trend and say 2049. Forty-nine. I've been writing two thousand, uh, not two thousand. I've been writing two zero one four nine because I'm used to writing the date, and so it's like twenty seventeen. And instead, yeah. I wrote, so it ends up being very annoying when I write a story about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's that's the third movie. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, second movie on my list is Thor Ragnarok by yes. Taika Waititi. Uh, it's coming out in November. I'm super excited for that. Uh, third on my list. Uh, surprise is not number one, guys. Yeah, it's The Last Jedi by Ryan Johnson. Whoa. I know, right? These aren't ranked right, because Star Wars is your number one, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure you were like, okay. I mean, it's like Blade Runner's up there, but it's really The Last Jedi. Um, but I wanted to be like, not super cliche, because, you know, that's me. Lean into it, Willoughby. Lean into it. your brand. I will. Um, so my number four is uh, The Shape of Water by uh, Juan Guillermo del Toro. Uh, that's his uh, 1960s fairy tale slash Cold War epic romance with a fish man and a meat woman. And meat uh, woman. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that was the first time I've heard anyone call a human being a meat woman. Oh no, I said mute woman. Sorry, my mute. Um, oh, I thought you said meat woman, and I was <laughs> no, like, 
Oh no. my goodness. No, 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 no. I said, I meant mute. I said mute, mute woman. My, my, uh, <gasps> nasal funny. congestion. Uh, if you couldn't tell folks at home, I'm sick. Uh, that was my B. I misheard. Mute woman. Uh, okay. And then, uh, number five is, uh, Last Flag Flying by Richard Linklater. It's his, his latest movie. Um, it's, uh, it's not a franchise or a blockbuster, but I'm still excited for it. Whoa. I know. So. Out of left field, Willoughby. Do we want, what, what move, what, out of this, these lists, this list, what are you guys excited for most? I mean, a lot of them. Thor and Star Wars are definitely on my list, but I kind of left you to cover those two. But I think, given that all of us are big Thor fans, we're all really excited to see this franchise get some new blood, get some new energy. I'm so happy everyone's excited for it. Because we're all big Thor defenders on the Millennial Falcon podcast. Yeah. And, like, I'm excited for, I I know, I think, HT, you've seen the original Blade Runner. I have, too. You have, oh, you both have. I'm not, I don't love it. Yeah, I I respect the original Blade Runner, but I'm not like crazy indebted to it or or very loyal to it. I'm like, oh yeah, it was a influential piece of sci-fi uh, movie filmmaking, but I kind of fell asleep at one point. <laughs> oh, I've I've fallen asleep plenty of times watching Blade Runner, uh, but I still like it. Like you kind of have to be caffeinated for it. Uh, yeah. which is which is not great all the time when it comes to movies but at the same time like it's a very like uh atmospheric movie and it's like long and drawn out uh it's not as quick as today's uh blockbusters uh but I'm still I'm excited for Blade Runner 2049 uh the social media reactions are super positive for it and I mean, you know they- can Denis Villeneuve really make a bad film he hasn't yet. He has not yet. Um, so I'm I'm super excited for it. It's got Richard uh, Roger Deakins doing the uh, cinematography. Uh, it's um, directed by Denis Villeneuve, as as we've said. Um, stars Ryan Gosling as Agent K or Detective K. No, Agent K is Men in Black. Sorry, I was going to say de- this is Men in Black. He's Detective K, like his his. A na- name is only K. Uh, also, uh, coming back to the to the fold is Harrison Ford as Detective Deckard. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, that uh, this movie will follow my theory that Harrison Ford is coming back to all all his old roles to kill them off. Uh, <laughs> he came back to Han Solo and killed him off. Spoiler alert for a two year old movie. Um, he's going to come back to Indiana Jones. In his six in in the nineteen sixties, so I'm pretty sure he's also going to kill off Indiana Jones. Um, so he's probably going to die in this one too. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm always down for a good sci-fi flick. Uh, this seems to be this year's like prestige sci-fi drama. Besides The Shape of Water, you know? yeah, which is yeah, which is like a dark fantasy sci-fi gothic. Romance. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. But Annihilation like, doesn't come out until next year, right? No, not till like February. But okay. yeah, so like this is like last year or like you know this year's uh, Gravity or Interstellar or The Martian or like you know other like late November, like late fall sci-fi movies that come out 
Um, Although, speaking of blockbuster sci-fis, I am pumped for The Last Jedi. Need me some Poe Dameron in my life. I miss him. The whole cast is great. But especially Poe Dameron. Yes, Oscar Isaac. Who is always the best in movies that are not great. I've been hearing that he's really great in Suburbicon, but I've been hearing mixed to not so great things about Suburbicon, which is disappointing because I, I love George Clooney as a director. I'm specifically referencing Suburbicon, yes. I think it's probably well, there because you go. it's an old Coen Brothers script from, like, the 80s. Yeah. So it's is definitely... It? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I heard also, then. like, there's, like, two main plot points, and, like, one of the plot points, they're, like, repackaging as a post-Charlottesville thing. That's what one I've of the plot too. points has to do with a black family being terrorized in the white suburban neighborhood. But it's, like, only... It's a backdrop to the whole Matt Damon thing, but now they're, like, trying to, like, push it more, I guess. It's kind of, like, this, like... I mean, George Clooney doesn't hide his politics. No, like, he doesn't. We all know him, which but, I love about him. But if you watch... If you look at those trailers, that's not in the those trailers no. at all. No, but apparently they're, like, kind of re reshifting are they re-editing the movie for that i don't think so i just heard that like some of the ways they're like talking about it now oh okay. they're just playing that up more because of post charlottesville america yeah um what movie on this list we haven't talked about a lot um the uh, last Shape. flag last flag flying uh ht richard linklater that's your boy right he is my boy although i haven't seen actually all of his movies i just adore the before trilogy to my mm-hmm. core so yeah, I I I'm excited. It looks I don't I haven't watched the uh, original movie to which it's a sequel of. Um, right, I haven't either. I yeah, didn't even but, know it was a sequel. Of, yeah, uh, when I was writing uh, it up, I was like, oh wow, it's a sequel to a Jack Nicholson movie. I can't remember the name, but um, it's apparently a very good film. And I would trust Linklater with a movie about three middle-aged dudes taking a road trip with one of the guys' dead sons <laughs> in a coffin. Um, right, we should. Yeah, like we should mention that these they're, they're all Vietnam War veterans mm-hmm. and uh Steve Carell's character's son died in uh the Middle East uh and uh they've come back they they they've reunited to give him like a proper funeral. Um and uh yeah, I mean after ever I mean everybody wants some is kind of a miracle because it's a bunch of like mostly white dudes in like college like trying to get have sex and you know play baseball and yet it's one of the, it was one of the most entertaining movies of 2016 like like superly like the dialogue was perfect and like every every like, all the cast members were so charismatic so like i love richard linklater's writing so i think and like from the trailer this looks like it's going to be one of those like talky movies that he that he always does um and then yeah the shape of water uh Guillermo del Toro is amazing, and this movie looks wild. It's getting, like, stellar reviews out of TIFF. It got really good reviews. It is by far one of my most anticipated movies of the second half of the year. I am beyond thrilled for it. Oh, yeah, me too. Agreed, me too. It's It seems like a movie that is made for me, especially from del yes. Toro, who is one of my favorite and most visually exciting directors. When I I'm saw so the tra- when I saw the trailer, uh, which initially premiered only in front of uh, War for the Planet of the Apes and not online, uh, it, it wasn't online for like another two weeks. 
was very interesting. Um, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, this perfectly matches his, like, fairy tale, like, storytelling of, like, Pan's Labyrinth with his, like, uh, grungy science fiction, uh, like, uh, like, uh, realness of Hellboy and Pacific Rim. Uh, and, and like, uh, what's the word? Mechanical? Not mechanical, but just like, Industrialist? Um, industrial, steampunk? that's the word. So, and like steampunk and industrial for, with fairy tale. Uh, and I think that this movie might be his like best movie. Um, which I, I still haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth, which I've heard is so great. good. Um, but I've seen, I actually, re- I actually watched the, the Hellboy movies recently for the first time. Uh, or no, I, actually, uh, I love his Hellboy re- movies. Rewatched Hellboy and watched Golden Army for the first time, and then rewatched Pacific Rim like last week. So I've been on a I've been on a uh, Del Toro kick recently. I mean, we all should be all the time, to be honest. Have yeah. you seen Crimson Peak, Willoughby? Yeah, we saw it together. Oh, <laughs> wow, HD. I'm really, I'm really bad at remembering my movie buddies. Sometimes <laughs> I just don't remember if I That's went okay. to see a movie That's in theaters fair. at all. Yeah, we saw because I remember uh, we were like, "Oh, this is where the Hiddlebum comes in," right? Uh, I for for reference, uh, audience, uh, Thomas Tom Hiddleston, uh, he showed his butt in a uh, good butt too. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Good, yeah, good butt. <laughs> Thanks, GDT. We appreciate you. <laughs> All right, Anya, okay. why don't you? Uh, Go next. Tell us oh, your no. top five anticipated movies. All right. So, one of the first movies I'm excited for is Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. And it is a biographical film about the psychologist William Marston who created the character Wonder Woman. Um, but what a lot of people don't know about him is that he was married and he also had a lover who lived with him and his wife and was also a lover of his wife. So it was this kind of not necessarily a love triangle. Like polyamorous um, relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, at first I was a little hesitant about this movie because I was like, oh, is it gonna, like, I know he created her, but is it going to be like kind of like, oh, it's about the women who supported the man, who did the great things. Like but, the theory of everything or the imitation game? Yeah, but... This film is directed and written by Angela Robinson, who is a queer woman of color. And the movie has been getting really good reviews so far. And so it has jumped up in my expectations a lot. Because I'm excited to see what a female, a queer female director and writer does with these queer female characters. Especially during the time that they were living. Um, And actually, they continued to live together even after Professor Marston passed away in real life. So I am so excited for it just to see how it explores these characters. Um, It stars Luke Evans, Rebecca Hall, and Bella Heathcote as the main trio. So that's my first one. Yay! Uh, My second one is The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is Yorgos Lanthimos? I don't really know how to pronounce his last name. He's Greek. I apologize. Um, But it's an actor who did... Uh, the Lobster last year, or in twenty fifteen, a couple years ago. Oh I my gosh! He, well, I think it, it came out in twenty sixteen. I think yeah, it was like last early, year. mid early twenty sixteen. Yeah, early last year. 
um, which was one of my favorite films of last year. I adored The Lobster. Killing of a Sacred Deer is another dark thriller starring Colin Farrell. Nicole Kidman is also in it. Um, And it's about a surgeon, Colin Farrell, who forms this bond with this teenage boy. And we don't really know much else beyond that, um, which is great. Because I love going into his movies not knowing much. Um, I love the cast. I love the director. I can't wait to see how he messes with my mind again this fall. And I'm really excited for his movie next year, The Favorite, because it's a period piece. Um, And he's doing it about Queen Anne with uh, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. So I like that he's trying out new things. Um, But yeah, so The Killing of a Sacred Deer is my second one. Okay. This is really hard, you guys. (laughs) All right. My next one I'm going to say is Wonderstruck, which is the new Todd Haynes film. Todd Haynes directed Carol, which was one of my favorite films of that year. I love Carol and will defend it to anyone who did not like it. Um, And so Wonderstruck is getting some mixed reviews, but I'm really excited for it. It takes place in two time periods, 1927 and 1977, and follows two children, um, one in each time period, as they search for a figure in their life. Um, and I believe one of the characters, I forget which year, one of the characters is deaf, and so one half of the film is entirely silent, to kind of reflect that. Um, and deaf representation has just always meant a lot to me, because my mother is deaf, and so I'm always interested in storytellers who depict deaf characters um, and depict that world that they live in. So Wonderstruck is my third film. Yay! Um, all right. And so my next one is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's the new movie. Um, I forget the director's name now. He directed Martin In McDonough. Bruges. Martin McDonough. Yes, he directed In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths both of which I loved. And Three Billboards looks like another totally bonkers dark comedy starring uh, Sam Rockwell and, oh my God, who's Francis the Francis McDormand. Francis, Francis McDormand. Thank you, Willoughby. I am forgetting everything today all of a sudden. And Woody um, Harrelson as Chief Willoughby. Exactly. Um, I love dark, twisted comedies. That's why I love his movies, why I love people like Tarantino. Um, and this one's about Francis McDormand's daughter was murdered and her murderer still hasn't been found. And so she's basically harassing the police to find her daughter's killer. Um, and it looks twisted and dark and hilarious. And I also love Sam Rockwell. Like, I adore him so much. It reminds I thought it was a Coen Brothers movie. Uh, it is very for Cohen the, for the longest time until really. I re- realized it was a Martin McDonough movie. I think it's because it just like the comedy, also the inclusion of Francis McDormand. Uh, you know, it's very Cohen Brothers esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like McDonough, like especially with In Bruges, but I feel like Seven Psychopaths was a little bit too meta for me to really enjoy it. I feel like yeah. I enjoyed it when I was in the theater, but then I kind of forgot it after I left. And it was very, like, Tarantino light, and it felt like 
it felt kind of like that. So I was like, I, I enjoyed what he did with In Bruges. And I think that, like, the... I think it is the better film. Yeah, the brooding nature of it really helped bring, like, lend, like, a gravitas to it. Whereas Seven Psychopaths kind of felt, like, very fluffy and junk foody in a way. In yeah. Bruges. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, my last film... I'm torn between two, but I'm going to leave one off in the hope that HT covers it. I think she will. So HT, don't let me down with this one film that I'm leaving off. Oh, so, I don't know what it is. I'm so I, the pressure. The pressure know. is on. She's playing a psychological thriller game with you, HT. <laughs> Bringing my Martin McDonough out Give to me play. Hint. No. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> I'm sure like I'll I'm mention gonna, it if I'm you don't. I'm going to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my last movie is Call Me By Your Name. I, that I was the movie I, t- I thought you were you were in, in referencing, and nope. I have it on my list, but now I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the twist just got more real. All right, so Call Me By Your Name is an upcoming um, gay romance film starring Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. French, right? Something like that. Um, and so basically, Army Hammer um, is a researcher and he works for uh, this man and he develops a summer romance with the man's son, the man that he's working for. Um, and it looks beautiful. And I think the thing that really pushed it over the edge for me is that today, the Daily Beast critic Ira Madison tweeted his review of the movie. And he said he was, like, crying for 10 minutes afterwards. He's giving it, like, a 10. He was so affected by it. And that's when I knew I was like, all right, this movie, you know, jumped in my esteem. Um, And, again, I'm just so excited. There's not so many movies, but there's more than one movie with queer characters this fall. So I am really excited about that and just decided to see more movies with queer characters getting attention, getting recognition, being discussed. And this movie looks really beautiful. All the reviews are great. Um, I can't wait to see it. It's, um, I'm very excited for it. So those are my five. HT, it's your turn. Don't let me down. All right. Well, I didn't come up with backups. I just said, these are my five. I'm sticking to them. So there's inevitably going to be a lot of redundancies. And that means that half of my list has already been said. Actually, oh, four right. out of five of go them. For, go for more. Oh, no. Three out of five got, of them. No. I'm sticking to my list. Well, I just want to talk about the ones that are already mentioned anyways, just because I'm so excited about it. Of course. So, The Shape of Water, directed yep. by Guillermo del Toro. I'm just going to talk about it again because I'm so excited. It looks so gorgeous. And I love, uh, I did a review roundup of it. And I love that it apparently acts as both a, um, a simple epic love story, like Willoughby was saying, between uh, Sally Hawkins' character and Doug Jones, who finally gets the spotlight after playing character actor in all of Guillermo del Toro's movies for the past two decades or so. Yep. He's a fish man who fucks. Yeah, yeah, he does. I love that. That's what he talked about. He was like, they never show the sex between like the woman and the beast. And I was like, why not? And I was like, yeah, GDT, why not? You know, the past two years have been tapping into all kinds of bestiality in people. <laughs> First, Beauty True. and the Beast, now The Shape of Water. Yep, we're going to get fish stick. <laughs> yeah, there's a fr- yep. full frontal scene with 
the creature. So it's very exciting. Anyways. The, the fish I, man. Yes. I the love, fish man who fucks. I love everything that is fairy tale tinged. I especially love the dark, twisted fairy tale takes that Guillermo del Toro loves to do, specifically Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth was also a period set uh, fairy tale take, uh, sort of subverted fairy tale in a sense. And I feel like The Shape of Water is definitely an extension of that or like a spiritual sequel to that in a way, um, except a more mature uh, love story. And I like that it acts as an allegory for the outsiders and the marginalized people of the time. Um, A lot of reviews mentioned it being a metaphor for the repression of homosexuality, for a repression of um, racism and uh, sexism and, and that kind of things. So I love when there's social commentary ingrained in my dark, subverted fairy tales with a healthy dose of romance and period settings. So this is just a movie that's made for me. I love all of that. I agree completely. Me too. I, Del Toro has gotten a lot of flack for being a deriv- derivative director, but he is just a director who loves film, and that's what I love. I think that he's always very enthusiastic and genuine in his homages and love letters to genres, and that's why I love Crimson Peak so much, and that's why I know I'll love The Shape of Water. My second one is something that has also already been mentioned, Call Me By Your Name, the movie that I thought Anya was referencing, but was not. And uh, Anya said everything that was to say. I am so excited for this. It looks gorgeous. I can't wait to see um, just like this beautiful Euro pop romance, as uh, Ira Madison said in his tweets. And it's something that is really encouraging to see yeah, more LGBT stories being told on the big screen and in, so, in such quick succession, too. All right third movie is The Disaster Artist. So that is a film based off the memoir by Greg Sestero about the making of The Room, and it's directed and stars James Franco and also stars uh, a lot of other A-list comedy actors, such as Seth Rogen, who in the trailers looks like he's playing a stellar, just straight man to the the shenanigans that um, James Franco's Tommy Wiseau gets into. And I am excited. It looks like comedy gold. I love the the memoir so much. It was both a hilarious behind-the-scenes telling of this disastrous movie in the making and a surprisingly poignant story about relationships between men and this sort of toxic, codependent friendship that was going on between Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero and also talking about like Hollywood which Hollywood loves movies about themselves so I think it'll definitely be in the Oscar race in some in some capacity probably a screenplay or something um Willoughby's giving me an eye like really is it gonna be that good I think it'll be that good Willoughby (laughs) I mean I know that Seth Rogen has been you know kind of getting into the Oscar race he was in Steve Jobs 
Or not I mean, Steve. Yeah, his he miniature Jonah Dobbs. Hill has already had two nominations, so I feel like Seth Rogen yeah, needs like, to prove yeah. himself. And by like now. Emma, Emma Stone, who was also in Superbad, has an Academy Award. I'm hoping Molly's Game gives Michael Sarah the Oscar nomination to round out the trifecta of <laughs> Superbad stars getting Oscar oh nominations. Oh Maybe. My God. <laughs> Maybe. Who knew Superbad would be the launch pad of three potential Oscar nominees slash I love winners? It. I love it. <laughs> All right. My fourth movie is Blade Runner 2049. I need to mention it again just because I love Denis Villeneuve. He is one of my favorite exciting uh, directors to watch right now. Arrival changed my life. I don't know if I've talked about that before, but it actually changed my life. I just like sat there in awe after I saw the movie in the theater and I was just like, I love that movie. That movie just like, I felt like it should have been a game changer for science fiction. I love that kind of cerebral, emotive, uh, time-twisty science fiction that speaks to the human condition. And Arrival does that and more, and I love it. And he also did great with uh, Sicario. I haven't seen Prisoners, but I've heard great things. And while I don't have a huge attachment to Blade Runner, like I said before, I think it's a fine, admirable uh, sci-fi film. I am expecting excited for Denis Villeneuve's take on it because I think he can make any film uh, shine. So Guys, last... he's made so much, so many movies in the last like seven years. He's on a roll. Like he made, he's making Blade Runner, he made Arrival, he made Sicario, Enemy, Prisoners, Ensemble, and Polytechnique, like we're all in the last eight years. Mm-hmm. And they're all amazing. Yeah, he hasn't had us news yet. And we're getting good buzz for Blade Twenty. 20- Blade Runner 2049. So, how exciting. Maybe <laughs> Roger Deakins will get his Oscar after all for a sci-fi oh film. <laughs> I mean, he deserves like 12, but I suppose his first one will do. <laughs> and my last film, I don't think this is the film that you were talking about, Anya, but my last film is Coco. It's the new... It is! Oh, is it? <gasps> You didn't Hooray! let me down, AG. <laughs> She's free. She's not in a mind trap anymore. Yeah, I was so scared. Yeah, I was like, what like, is she talking about? I really wanted to put Coco, but I was like, man, calling by your name is really getting to me. But okay, okay you got me. I go got ahead. Go I got you. Coco. Uh, Coco is the new Pixar film coming out in November. It's directed by Lee Unkridge and Adrian Molina. And it is about a young Mexican boy who wants more than anything to be a musician, but his family has banned music. Uh, and he one day steals a guitar from the altar of a famous uh, musician from his village and ends up stuck in the land of the dead on the day of the dead uh, because of the thinning of the gateways between the world of the le- living and the dead. And uh, in order to get back, he must find his idol, Ernesto de la Cruz, uh, in the Land of the Dead. And somehow, um, I won't give you a spoiler, but on the way, he meets some funky characters, such as the skeleton named Hector, played by Gail Garcia Bernal, who is going to be a scene stealer, I assure you. I have seen only the th- first 35 minutes of the movie, but Hector shows up for about like 10 minutes of those. And he's hilarious. Gail Garcia Bernal sings. And it's going to be great. And there's going to be... It's not a musical, but music is integral to the whole plot of the film. It looks gorgeous. The animation that his 
been, that renders the land of the dead just looks stunning and iridescent. And um, I went to a set visit for Coco a couple months ago, and you can tell that the team behind the film really put their thought and research into making this film as authentic uh, as possible. And I really appreciate that, especially when there's been criticism about uh, whether Disney and whether Pixar has um, a respectfully approached these cultures or whether it's like sort of exhibitionist. I think that because of all the work they put into it, they did like five plus years of research uh, on working on Coco. I think that it will be respectful and I'm very excited to see this sort of depiction of the immigrant experience brought to the big screen. Nice. Mm-hmm. Those are my I'm movies. I'm so glad you didn't let me down, HT. I didn't let you down. So before we wrap up our discussion about our most anticipated fall movies, why don't we list our honorable mentions? I know you guys have some. <laughs> Here. I'll go first. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express, the new Kenneth Branagh movie. Kenneth Branagh. Uh, Coco was also on my list. Three Billboards was also on my list. Uh, Lady Bird by Greta Gerwig. Uh, it's her directorial debut, yeah, uh, really starring good. Saoirse Ronan uh, as uh, <laughs> this uh, uh, girl in high school, like a coming of age story. Um, uh, the Current War, uh, in which uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Michael Shannon play. Uh, oh. Westinghouse uh, and uh, Edison, and they're like in a battle, and Tesla's there too. The current, the current, AC versus DC, and then um, Nikola Tesla, played by Nicholas Holt, uh, is there too as kind of like the Spider-Man to their Tony and and Steve uh, bullshit, and then um, the Greatest Showman, which is the P.T. Barnum biography. I'm gonna say I, I I mean I don't know if I can like say this, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. I have seen it. Yeah. And it is a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. And I think Hugh Jackman could get a lot of awards buzz for it. Ooh, really? So yeah, I'm excited. I'm I didn't, excited I for couldn't that. figure out the tone from the trailer because it seemed very family it's a lot friendly. Of fun. Yeah, it is very family friendly. It's very family friendly. It's very predictable. Um, not all the beats. Is it Disney? No, no. Um, not all the beats work, but like the numbers, the choreography is insane. It's so good, and it's just really fun and inspirational. And so yeah, Uh, those are my runners up. Um, I also had uh, goodbye Christopher Robin on my list. Good old Donald Gleason. Um, We're going to have playing... Donald Gleason and Cerceron and back in, <laughs> back, in the, uh, back in theaters. Yep. And he'll be back in theaters for Star Wars, too. Um, yeah. So Donald Gleason is playing A.A. A. Milne, uh, the author of the Winnie the Pooh books. And it's basically a biopic of his life and how he, you know, how his son inspired him to write the books. Um, Margot Robbie is also in it. She's playing his wife. I also have... You know, the aforementioned Thor and Star Wars and all that. I also have Molly's Game on mine, um, since I am a um, fan of Aaron Sorkin. 
even with his faults and flaws. His terrible track record with female characters. So yeah, yeah let's put him. Let's put him in I charge mean, of a movie Craig about is one. So I love C.J. Craig, um, and Abby Bartlett in The West Wing. Although you have to admit that Donna, the best thing that ever happened to her was Aaron Sorkin leaving the show. Um, but <laughs> I am looking forward to Molly's Game. It has a great cast. Um, Willie already said Michael Sarah, but more importantly, Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba. Um, and it's about a real-life yeah. woman, I Molly. I really buried the lead there with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Molly, who started her own, basically, gambling ring? Yeah. I guess. She, like, started doing her own high-stakes poker games. Um, and she is put on trial for it. So, I am excited for that. Um, I and hope it's, got it's a really great term. it's got the snappy Sorkin dialogue. I'm mostly really excited for Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba, let's be real. Yeah. Two beautiful people being beautiful and talented together. My guess exactly. what can, what this can is an early Oscar prediction. Molly's Game and Last Flag Flying will both be nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Alright. I I'm Don't I'm, I'm taking that down now mm-hmm. and we're gonna see. Yeah. Alright. All right. Um, okay, my honorable mentions: the Florida Project. Uh, it stars Willem Dafoe and is directed by. Ooh, hold on. I know the guy who directed who did Tangerine, Tangerine, right? Yes, the guy who directed Tangerine. Uh, it looks really gorgeous and sweet. Um, Stronger, which I kind of—it's very Oscar baity, but I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I like Tatiana Maslany, and I've heard lots of good things about I've Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. Things. Yeah, I maybe he'll finally get his Oscar nomination. Has he been nominated? Believe mm, he hasn't. I'm not sure, he's been passed but, over a lot of times, and this, he's such a talented actor. The, the Boston bombing, uh, one of the Boston bombing movies, yeah. right? <laughs> the one that's well, uh, Patriots Day was the other one. Yeah, yeah. that was that was Mark Wahlberg as, like, a cop in, during the Patriots Day. Mark Wahlberg inserting himself into every historical moment. I'm surprised he wasn't in of that the, 9-11 movie. Of the last 21, uh, 21st century. Yep. I also had uh, the three billboards outside of uh, Ebbing, Missouri. I have to include Justice League. Because... Do you? Yes, I do. Do you? Because I... I'm still a DC Comics stan, despite everything that has happened to it. Wonder Woman just gave me so much hope. Not only did she give hope to the people within her world, she gave hope to me. And I... Whoa. She did. She did. She reinvigorated my dying body. She also gave Whoa. hope to the Warner Brothers marketing team. The Warner Brothers marketing they team. They found a way to market this movie. The Warner Brothers studio executives who have promised... They haven't really lived up to their promise, but they've promised to move the DC film, the DC Extended Universe, onto brighter and more optimist things. And I'm hoping that Justice League will be the start of that. I don't know how well it will be, because like, it kind of started pivoting halfway through, actually after its production. Uh, but according to test screenings uh, from around the grapevine, it's a good movie. It's being well-received. It's funny because you're like, I'm a DC Comics fan, and that's the exact reason why I'm not looking forward to it, is because I'm a DC Comics fan, and they've burned me too many times. No. So Wonder, Wonder Woman was kind of a, a one-off for you? 
yeah. an offshoot. Although I will see Aquaman. Because pe- people of color. Yes. Can I also mention one more? Because Go ahead. I feel like I would be yelled at if I didn't. I do need to say I am so excited. Genuinely so excited for the man who invented Christmas because it looks wackadoodle and it stars Dan Stevens. Oh it's my god, Stan it looks so it looks so, so bad. No, Why do we keep putting Stan, Stan, Stevens, Stan Stevens in bad wigs? What was the what was the line? Oh yeah, Scrooge. But it's so funny. I didn't realize that his characters like talked to him. I didn't. I was like, oh, it's going to be like a, a dramatic biopic of. Uh, Charles Dickens writing um, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. And instead I watched the trailer and it's so wacky and I'm so excited. Dan Stevens has like this crazed look in his eyes the entirety of that trailer. And I was like, what is this? I could watch him in anything. It looks like if you took his character from Legion and transplanted him into the 1800s and then told him to write a Christmas Carol. You know what? I bet that's the plot of legion season two crossover oh my god because like he's basically you know he's he's seeing people who aren't there and they're talking to him and he's talking to them and does michael gambon play scrooge no it's um because he would be a great scrooge let me tell you oh my gosh it's another Scrooge like in that doctor who special great um yeah that's true that's probably what i'm thinking of old british actor um Oh my god. Is it Christopher Plummer? Ooh, yes, it is. I think you're right, yeah. I think it's Christopher Plummer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but that's crazy. He looks he looks insane. I, I don't know what Charles Dickens was like as a person, but I feel like it wasn't that. I know. Well, it's funny because um, I actually haven't seen it, but my other bae, Ray Fiennes, his second uh, movie that he directed was... Uh, the other woman, which was also about Charles Dickens, and he played Charles Dickens in it, and it's about an affair that Charles Dickens had, um, and that one's very serious. Um, it's about Felicity Jones as well. I need to see it, but it's funny how like two of my favorite actors are both playing Charles Dickens, and one is in this like really dramatic, serious like biopic, and this other one is in this totally wacky goofball Christmas movie. I'm so excited, you guys. <laughs> What, what do you I am excited for you, Anya. The man who invented Christmas or Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol, in which he played all the roles, a la The Clumps. I have never seen that, <laughs> and I don't need to. I love A Christmas Carol. It's one of my favorite stories. You, ha- um, you haven't seen... Uh, oh, who directed Back to the Future uh, and The Walk? Uh, sorry, who? Zemeckis? Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. He did... This is like before... Uh, motion capture became like good it was like in between uh oh i remember the jim carrey movie oh, oh, okay. i just never saw it because yeah, i can't it looks nuts <laughs> this is actually my first time hearing about this for some reason it's really go look up jim carrey a christmas carol like right we now. will link jim carrey a christmas carol in our post <laughs> all right yeah I think that's a good way to wrap up our most anticipated fall movies of 2017 discussion. Let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. Alrighty. 
Ruby, why don't yes. you start us off this week? What do you really okay. like? Okay. So I have two to break the norm of doing one. I usually don't do what? two. I know, right? Uh, my first one is uh, a little a little show uh, called Brooklyn Nine Nine came back uh, on Tuesday, and it was great, and I loved it, and I'm so excited it's back. Uh, and it's it's just as 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 uh, humorful. That's not a word. Uh, uh, humorous. It's humorous, full of humor, uh, as it normally is. Uh, Andre Brower still needs. He deserves an Emmy for literally every single line reading that he's ever given on that show. Uh, specifically, in this most recent one, he he delivers a line reading that I think will become an instant classic. Uh, one could say. Um, so yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then uh, I won't say Star Trek Discovery, even though I did watch it and I did like it. But what I what I got into liking. Uh, was the music of Star Trek because uh, you know they played the familiar theme throughout the or a couple times during the the premiere, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I used to be obsessed with the soundtracks to Star Trek, so I picked up my like uh, CD that I got from like it's like the the uh, Czech Republic uh, Philharmonic Orchestra. Um, the Prague Philharmonic Orchestra did like a cover of like all the themes from the movies uh, before the J.J. Abrams movies. And they played like the main theme from uh, the original series and first contact and uh, the motion picture. And so like, I've, I've just been listening to like the different scores and soundtracks uh, this past week because I watched the new Star Trek show and I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. I was obsessed with this in high school. Um, so yeah, kind of rediscovering my love for the Star Trek music. Yay! I love Star Trek. Yes! So, Wolvie, I, I guess I'll, I'll, uh, let you off easy for having two, breaking the rules, but you know hey, what, it's I've, okay. Like, it's, never done two. You I, haven't. Like, never do two. It hasn't happened in a while anyways, Anya. I, I, I get a pass. <laughs> All right. Anya, what are your really likes, or what's your really like? this week well my really like is michael sure which sort of extends into two because i'm really happy both the good place and brooklyn 99 are back um but i'm just really happy we have someone like him who's creating content that is positive and about human decency and compassion and it's really i've you know i i've always loved him park and my favorite show Um, But these two shows coming back, it just really hit me, I think, just because of this year and what it's been like. And so having these two shows back and having a creator in the world like him is really great. And I hope people are inspired by him and want to create more things that are just inherently good. Because I think there's a lot of worth in them and a lot of joy. And I'm just happy these two shows are back. I'm happy he is in our lives and... I'm done with the grittiness. So that's what I really like in this week. Positivity in TV shows. Yay. I also am glad both those shows are back. They're so good and joyous and make me feel gooey inside. As they you know, it really, do it really puts me in, in a place. A, uh, uh, a solid, great place. You might Maybe even say... You 
A good place. A good place. Hey, now that's trademarked. We can't say that. <laughs> now we owe NBC a thousand dollars. All right, HT. What are you really liking this week? Not really like is not a really like, but a sort of announcement. I opened a letterbox account. <laughs> Congratulations really like to, to publicize yeah. her social media accounts here. <laughs> It's fun. I was very overwhelmed when I first opened it. I was like, why are there so many options? What is a diary? What do I do? And um, why do you have the ability to both like a movie and rate it? I was like, what's yeah, the point? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah. I don't want to have both options. I want to have just one. So I don't know oh, what to do. Oh, and I think we should mention both Anya and I are also on Letterboxd. Yes. I am the last one to join Letterboxd after many months of both of them urging me to. Uh, and... It's a good way to possibly, you know, practice my reviewing skills. Although most of my reviews that I've had on there so far are like one word reviews saying, this movie is great. This really was that movie. (laughs) So very eloquent as I, as you can see, I was meant (laughs) to be a writer. So, I like using Letterboxd because I was able to catalog all the movies I've ever watched, which is over a thousand. Oh my goodness. Actually, See, I, think, I only started from this year and I'm going forward from there and I'm not looking back. I think I'm going to use it to catalog movies too because that's a fun way of, of uh, just keeping track, I guess. It helped me do the top 15 we did earlier in the year. Mm, right. Five, top 15 movies of all time. Yeah. I have a list on my letterbox already. It's not my top 15, but it's movies that were formative to me as a child HT. Nice. So, I love it. Made me the angsty mess I am today. <laughs> so We can attest to that. Follow me on letterbox, I guess. It's fun. I probably will update it frequently for the next day and then forget about it for another year. So I always remember it after I see a movie and then I go and I catalog it and then I don't see it for like another week. <laughs> I really don't spend time on it very frequently. Yeah. Another social media platform to waste time on. Hooray. I mean, pretty much. Thank God it's, it's free. It's the good reads of movies. Exactly. All right. So that is our episode for the week. Uh, you guys should come let us know what fall movies you guys are looking forward to. And also let us know if you have any thoughts on Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Good Place or Letterboxd or... Mike Sure. Oh, right. No, what was Willoughby's other one? The music of Star, Star Trek. Trek. Star Trek. I knew it. I got it. Star Trek music. Do you have any thoughts on any of these or my short-term memory problems? <laughs> Come chat us up. And where can they do that, Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter we uh, at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, or you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, where can they find you guys on the internet? You can find me at htranbui on Twitter. You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye.